Welcome to the Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to a special edition of Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net. I'm Charlie Wright and I'm here with Paul Roberts today. And we have today recordings that were done earlier in May 2015 at the annual conference of the National Association of Active Investment Managers, or NAME. We were there and recorded short interviews with several of the attendees. And today we're going to play back those interviews. So, Paul, uh, what do we have to look forward to? We got some really good stuff here. First of all, why don't you just give people an overview of what your thoughts were? Because I've never been. I'm just the producer of these shows. I, I don't know as much as you know about all the financial uh, events that are held around the country. And this one in particular seemed to be something very unique. But give us a quick takeaway of what, you, what this event is all about and what you gathered when you were there. Well, Paul, and for our listeners, the National Association of Active Investment Managers name is an association of investment advisors who work throughout the country, but who believe in active investment management, not buy and hold. The vast majority of investment advisors believe in buy and hold. And these 150 or so members of name do not believe in buy and hold, and they are very active in the investment management process. And uh, they many of them use their own strategies. Many of them uh, do not use their own strategies, but use strategies of third-party asset managers. So we were able to mingle and talk with uh, many of the attendees, and we're able to interview several of them with rather short interviews, talking to them about name, but also talking to them of finding out more about their particular strategies that they use to help manage people's money that are very active strategies. Well, let's jump into it, and I'm going to play a couple of them in random order. Charlie has no idea which ones are coming up, so I'm going to let him listen to these and then react to it at the end. So we'll we'll do them in threes here. So let's play a couple of them for you, Charlie, right now. Sounds good, Paul. Hello, and welcome back to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net. This is Charlie Wright. And again, we are at the National Association of Active Investment Managers Annual Conference here in Newport Beach. And uh, we're talking with Paul Schatz, president and founder of Heritage Capital out of Woodbridge, Connecticut. Paul, welcome to the conference and to Strategic Investor Radio. Thanks for having me. Good to see you. So, Paul, uh, you are a past president and a board member of um, of name, and you have been a participant here for well over 20 years. So tell us, why do you continue to be active in name, and what, why do you continue to come to these conferences? So my activity and coming back first began out of education. I was looking for education, looking to meet some peers and colleagues who did the same thing I did. Um, after being involved, after becoming president, I realized that the true value of name is the networking, to find people, for me, I want to find who made what mistakes, when they made them, and why. Because everybody has success stories, but if you can avoid mistakes, just like in investing, you're so far ahead of the game. So I come back, frankly, because I've gotten so much more out of name than I've given back. So if I won't volunteer my time back, how could I expect anybody else to? So for me, name has not only kept me in the business, but it's helped me succeed. Well, that's great, and there's no question that's easily seen by anybody who comes here because the networking is is certainly very, very important. Tell us about active investment management. Uh, does it play a strong role in your practice, and how much do you believe in it? 
when I got in the business in 1988, um, that's that's all I've known ever since. I was 20, essentially 26, almost 27 years. I came in as a trader working in Wall Street. All I've known is to become an active investor. For me, active investment is about protecting against the disaster. It's it's not about becoming wealthy beyond our wildest dreams. It's about taking care of clients, making sure they have money throughout their retirement, and making sure when it's time to play defense, you have some kind of defense in place. Okay, so tell us a little about the the defense mechanisms that exist in the portfolios that you have created for your clients, and then also you, you've made those portfolios available to other advisors. So we run 12 different strategies across the whole universe, asset-wise, asset risk-wise, trading-wise, time horizon-wise. Each strategy has its own defensive mechanism in place. Some are as simple as you buy something at X, it declines a certain percent, and you automatically get out. That's probably the easiest way to describe defense. Other strategies probably have a more complex system where um, the first bit of worry in the market sets off a chain reaction, and we need a series of concerns before the portfolio began to get either liquidated to cash or put a hedge in place. So I think it depends on the portfolio. You can't just have one tool to play defense. I and mean, if you look at any really successful sports team, Great defenses confuse offenses, and they do a lot of different things, and they evolve, and they work within the whole game. Same thing in investing. Okay, so what what kind of uh, defenses do you find to be very appropriate other than just a, a stop loss? Well, so if you look at the equity market, where probably the most information is available, there's if before every single bear market in history, and if you just go back the last hundred years, before every single bear market. There's a number of things that have happened. For instance, the junk bond market, which has only been around since really the mid-80s, the junk bond market typically rolls over many, many months before stocks do. That's one sign that, uh uh-oh, something is different. The New York Stock Exchange advanced decline line, which just tells you the health of the market. Are the generals and the troops marching ahead into battle together? So when the advanced decline line peaks months before the market begins to peak, you know you've got a, a concern, a worry. When leadership, the most, the healthiest markets have tech, essentially the semiconductors, the transportations, and the banks leading the way. Well, in 2006 and seven, the banks began to weaken long before the market did. It's another sign something's not right. So when you, when you add all these things together and you, and you put them in the pie, you know, geez, everything was great for the last five years. It's not so great now. It's time to get your ears up that something is changing in the market. Well, you make a compelling story here uh, in, in case for active uh, fund management. What do you tell clients, Paul, when they come in and they say, well, we've been told you can't time the market and buy and hold is the best way to do it. And since 1926, you know, we've had returns uh, that, that have been great and that kind of thing. So my, my, my initial answer is going to surprise you a little bit. To me, there's nothing inherently wrong with buy and hold. Over over any hundred year period, eighty year period, you're going to return somewhere between eight and nine percent, including dividends. So buy and hold does work over the long term. Problem number one is not many people have an eighty year time horizon. So if you start to invest at the wrong time, let's say late ninety nine or two thousand, you had two fifty percent declines over the next nine years. Not many people emotionally can withstand that. So while buy and hold looks great on paper. The textbooks love it. What happens if you're actually living it? Investors typically buy high and they sell low. 
Emotion is the single worst factor in investing. So while it makes sense to buy and hold intuitively, when it plays out on paper, the average investor makes the wrong decisions because they think with their heart, not with their brain, not with the facts at hand. Active management gives you ability to play defense. Active management is not a get-rich-quick scheme, but it's a plan, a well-thought-out plan that over time should help you succeed. And the key is, the key is, Clients come to me because they want to know they're going to have enough money during retirement, not for the next year or two, but until they pass away and hopefully leave money to heirs. So the key there is if you're if you're buying and holding and you pass away and then the market drops 50%, your heirs just got a 50% discount on all their stuff. Well, Paul, thank you very much. Those were some, uh, again, very compelling uh, points here that you make. Uh, any final word on the importance of the value of name? I think if you're an active, if you're an active manager, if you're an active investment advisor out there, this is the premier group. It's the premier conference for active managers, not only in the country, but for my seat, the world. The education's great, but the networking opportunities are unparalleled anywhere. Well, Paul, thank you very much. Uh, these have been uh, words of wisdom here from Paul Schatz of Heritage Capital in Woodbridge, Connecticut here at the NAME conference. I'm Charlie Wright, and uh, we'll be right back. You know, Charlie, I said I was going to play a bunch of them here, but that one is so powerful, I think I'm going to stop it right there and get some reactions from you here. What uh, He was not only a board member, but I thought he really explained the active uh, investment management theory well. You know, he, he did an excellent job at that. And, and a question that I asked Paul after we finished was, Paul, how do you jungle, uh, juggle in the air all of the balls that are required to not only meet with clients and take care of their personal needs and the like for investing, but then to manage all of these portfolios? And what he said to me is he said, when you want some, to get something done, Talk to somebody, get somebody to do it who is already busy. Wow. And he, he <laughs> recognizes that this is certainly a challenge, uh, which many of us recognize, but he's obviously has uh, proclivities, uh, directed in that, uh, in that direction, and he's very effective and productive in running these 12 different portfolios. Okay. Well, let's play another one here. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net. I'm Charlie Wright and we're here at the National Association of Active Investment Managers Annual Conference in Newport Beach on May 5th, 2015. And we're talking with Tyler Wood and he's a representative here from the Market Technicians Association. Tyler, welcome. Well, thank you, Charlie. Thanks for having me. So, Tyler, tell us what is the Market Technicians Association and why are you here at the NAME Conference? Absolutely. Well, the, the Market Technicians Association, or MTA, is a fellow nonprofit, very similar to NAME. Uh, we have an education focus, so we're the administrators of the CMT program. And we're here at the NAME conference because it's a, it's a great fit. We're very complementary organizations. Uh, there are a lot of overlap between MTA members and NAME members. And really what I'm finding at the conference is that it's uh, highly uh, a highly educated group of people, very intellectually curious. Uh, we've got a lot of great content, great speakers, um, and really, it's a place for uh, the RIA community to come together with, you know, a lot of a lot of fellow practitioners and share good ideas about what's working and what isn't working in the markets. Well, I would think this would be a great place for you because of people who are here because of active management, and certainly uh, your technical analysis uh, plays an important role in that active management. Absolutely. I think we've seen a lot of investors become 
a little more complacent after a five-year bull rally, and people forget about risk when it uh, when it isn't on their doorstep. And uh, in periods of higher volatility, I think active investment management is really, you know, that's the only place that you're going to outperform and, and really protect your clients' uh, core capital. So. So tell us here, uh, Market Technicians Association, what is a market technician and what is the CMT designation? Great question. Uh, it's a really a very diverse membership. Uh, so technical analysis or active investment management can take place in lots of segments of the industry. We have MTA members who are on the sell side. They're publishing research for uh, large multinational banks. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, we have a lot of portfolio managers. And then there are also people who are doing advisory services, running an RIA, or even at the the final trade and execution. Um, so we have a very diverse group. It's a global organization, um, and and we find people all over the world. We're in 85 countries around the globe. Okay, and uh, what specifically do you study to get the uh, CMT designation? Well, the CMT program is a three-part exam, and our curriculum covers all aspects of not just technical analysis, but really more the portfolio management approach to active investment management. So we're going to talk a lot about risk. We're going to use some tools for more quantitative analysis, moving things into the objective space. Um, what's traditionally known in classical technical analysis are you know, chart and pattern recognition, a lot of the uh, various indicators, stochastics, moving averages. That's all still part of the curriculum, but we've expanded much further beyond that. Okay, and so you guys are looking at, at price and volume, basically, in, in, in various indicators, correct? Absolutely. Uh, people ask, you know, what's what's true about a chart? Price is the is the only fact that's out there. Earnings can often be restated, but price is a fact. And so, yeah, we talk a lot about price behavior, and, and you can certainly see trends in insecurities and the way prices move. And that's because we're all we're all investors. We're all human beings. So. So what do you think about that, Charlie? Whole different uh, crowd than I expected. I this this wasn't just RIAs; these are market technicians, and the whole association was there. You know, and Paul he he uh, made a very good point off uh, off air that uh, market technicians and technical analysis are very very important when you're dealing with markets where you don't have the confidence of the accuracy of their information, such (laughs) as in in Asia and other places. Many people are very concerned about their, their, their financial statements and the financial information that they provide because they do not have the clarity and, and often the integrity that the United States has. But price is a fact, like he says. And in looking at, uh, emerging markets and other overseas markets uh you know technical analysis can be exceptionally valuable there well you got me hooked let's play another one here hello and welcome to strategic investor radio on octalkradio.net we're here at the national association of active investment managers uh annual conference here in newport beach and we're talking with john mcclure of Profit Score Capital Management out of Eagle, Idaho. John is a past president of NAME. John, welcome to the conference. Welcome to Strategic Investor Week. Thanks, Charlie. It's good to be here. So, John, you've been coming to these conferences for about 15 years. Uh, what keeps you coming back? There's a lot of smart people in the group, and uh, my goal every year is just to keep one lump off my head. And uh, this organization has kept a lot of lumps off my head over the years. Okay, and what specifically do you find as beneficial in coming here and mingling with the other like-minded people in the life? 
It's just sharing of knowledge. Uh, you know, for the most part, everybody keeps their secret sauce to themselves. But they're, uh, you know, if you've got a problem, you're trying to figure something out. There's there's people that are willing to, to share some of that knowledge and, and help you down the road and, and uh, make it make it easier on you. Well, evidently it works if you've been coming for 15 straight years here. Uh, yeah, and it's a lot of fun to boot. You know, you get these guys are like family to me, so it's uh, it's kind of like a reunion at this point. That's something I hear a lot of, Charlie. People talk about coming to these things over and over again because they really, it isn't just learning from another. They, they, they build uh, relationships and, and it isn't just networking and passing out business cards. They really seem to make friends out of these people and make uh, business partners out of these people. Do you sense that? Yeah, no question about it, Paul. And Paul, you, to recognize that you have to remember that the vast majority of investment advisors do not use active investment management. They don't believe in it. I was going to say that. I wonder what percentage. I don't know what the overall statistics are. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. I don't want to put you on the spot here, but I don't know how many RIAs there are in the country and what percentage of them practice this sort of active investment strategies. Well, it's it's many more than it was a few years ago, that's for sure. <laughs> and some, they, they practice them in varying degrees, no question about it. Maybe many of them use one active investment strategy for a portion of the portfolio, and uh, that's all. And others may use active investment strategies for all of the portfolios. So, so they each have their own particular way of doing it, and they use different strategies themselves. And when you talk about active, we're really talking about getting in and out of the market, timing it basically. Don't don't just sit and hold it and let it drop 50% and then wait for it to come back again here. Try and avoid those large drops. Well, they, they really don't like to use the term timing the market because it really has a negative connotation. They like to talk about reading the market. Where is the market today? And historically, given where we are today, where is it, where has it most often moved from there? Either over a one day period or a three week period or a three month period or a two year period or whatever the time frame is. And would you say this is mostly a defensive strategy? They've kind of talked about that the few interviews we've heard or is this meant to maximize your gains or just to minimize your losses for the most part it's to minimize losses there are strategies designed to maximize gains Typically, those are what are called tactical strategies, where you move in and out of markets and in and out of sectors in order to stay with the rising sectors and and markets. But for the most part, they're trying to avoid the 2000 through 2002, 37% loss and the 2008, 2009 47% loss. That's what they're trying to do. Well, because as they pointed out, for people like me, who's who's an aging baby boomer and heading into his 60s here, I don't have 40 years to recover. You know, if I if I happen to jump in at one of those down periods here, I'm I'm I got a long time to wait to come back here. That's what everybody says, and we have down markets, and we haven't seen the last of the down markets. Nobody's saying it's going to come in the next three weeks or all that soon. We're not trying to predict where the market is going. We're trying to recognize where it's at today, and historically, given where it's at today, where has it most often moved? 
and to try and to try and be able to uh, be nimble and be one of the first out, not one of the last out here. Correct, correct. All right, let's play another one here. The Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net. I'm Charlie Wright, and today we're at the National Association of Active Investment Managers Conference here in Newport Beach, and we're sitting here talking with Michael Gayad of Pension Partners out of uh, New York City. And uh, Michael, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio, and welcome to the conference. Thank you. My pleasure. So, Michael, you guys are uh, full of uh, awards here. Last year, you got third place for your treasury strategy. Uh, you've also re- recently been given an award from the uh, MTA Association, Market Technicians Association, for your uh, utility strategy. And this year, you won uh, the Wagner Award for first place here uh, at this conference for name for your for your current strategy. So tell us about this gold and lumber strategy that you got first place in the Wagner Award for. Sure. So the 2015 name Wagner Award documents this very real phenomenon, which is effectively that lumber, perhaps the most sensitive commodity to housing, uh, has very important information on future uh, economic activity and as such future growth and inflation expectations. Important information if you're a stock investor or a bond investor. When you compare lumber against gold, which serves as historically a safe haven metal, serves historically as uh, something which benefits from volatility. It turns out that when l- lumber outperforms gold more broadly, stock market volatility falls. Uh, when gold is outperforming lumber, that's a more risk-averse type of environment where you want to take a defensive posture uh, in your asset allocation uh, policy mix. And it's, a, it's, it's an interesting paper from the perspective of we're talking about lumber and gold, not using lumber and gold as investments, but rather as signals as leading indicators of something that then impacts stock uh, and bond risk-seeking and risk-averse behavior. You know, uh, that's a very interesting uh, comparison. You know, I see a lot of different kinds of comparisons and a lot of uh, trend-following kinds of things. The major question is always, what time frame are we talking about? Are we talking about over the last 24 hours, over the last six weeks, over the last six months? Now, without, you know, giving us your secret sauce here, uh, how can you respond to that? Yes. Yeah, so, so in the in the lumber gold paper, the time frame is rolling 13 weeks, largely because it's been shown in other studies that commodity momentum is strongest at the three-month time frame. So effectively converted three months into... 13 weeks, it tends to work also under shorter time frames. Three weeks can work up to 26 weeks if we kind of uh, looked into it ourselves. Uh, you know, the, the downward utilities paper was four weeks. The third place Wagner Award paper on treasuries was month over month. We're going longer out in time to show that here's a signal which tends to give you a little bit more lead time to position either offensively or defensively. Now, that's fascinating to me because it shows that these strategists – aren't just thinking about stocks. They're thinking about commodities as well, and some unusual commodities, lumber. That's not one I would even ever think of here. Well, and what's so interesting here, Paul, is they're using those commodities not as potential investments, but again as signals to the equities marketplace. Yeah, right. Very fascinating. And then these guys out of New York, again, this is the third uh, uh, award that they have received not only name, but from the Market Technicians Association, they know what they're doing, and they do very effective research work here. All right, let's play another one. 
Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net. I'm Charlie Wright, and today we are at the National Association of Active Investment Managers Annual Conference here in Newport Beach, California. And we have the pleasure and opportunity to be talking with Mike Dean of DFG Advisory in Lakeland, Florida. Mike, welcome to the conference. Thank you very much, Charlie. Okay, so... Uh, tell us, Mike, uh, first of all, why do you keep coming back to these uh, name conferences? Well, it, it happened uh, several years ago. Uh, you know, I started in the uh, the typical brokerage investment banking industry. Uh, I had gone through a couple of uh, very bad sequences of downturns, stock market crashes, and so forth. And and, and for my own purposes, uh, I need to at a at a minimum find a way that I could protect my own retirement funds uh, and and either leave the business and or. Or at least be able to look my clients in the eye and say, you know, we're doing something different for you. We're doing something right. Uh, one of the things that Name offers uh, is uh, if you if you uh, there's a book Napoleon Hill wrote when he was uh, studying, uh, you know, successful people, and he was talking about a mastermind alliance. And that's what I found here, especially from someone transitioning from the brokerage industry into the investment advisory industry. Uh, you know, I didn't want to try to reinvent the wheel or stumble forward. I, you know, there's still a degree of that that you do. Uh, but the, the people in the name organization had just been over backwards with ideas, suggestions, uh, and just kind of, you know, give you, give you a perspective that you wouldn't have just kind of being independent and all by yourself. So there you go. Again, we're reinforcing the idea that this is a group of group think. You know, this is a mastermind of uh, smart people all helping each other here. It's not just I'm out for my own uh, gain and I'm not going to tell you how I do it here. Yeah, and Paul, what you have to remember here also is the focus is active investment management. That is very, very, very difficult stuff. Okay, we're not talking about how much money do you need to retire, uh, what's the best approach to start collecting Social Security, those general financial planning kinds of approaches. The same stuff I always hear that, the stuff I always hear that, well, okay, you build up a portfolio and then you don't take more than four or five percent out of it and therefore it'll last you forever because it gets replaced. You know, there's these, these sort of tried and truisms that you hear about retirement that don't seem to be all that true anymore here. Well, and they're overly simplistic. The stuff that uh, name deals with, these are not simple things. And I, I have great respect for every single name member that I met and talked to. Uh, these are very sharp people and very concerned and very focused on getting their clients into investments uh, that can go somewhere, and they get into the tall weeds and really get involved in the analysis. And the other thing I heard from that one, and that you heard, I, I could pick a dozen examples of it, is that they don't come to this initially. These are guys who have been doing this a while, and somewhere along the way, maybe it's the 2000s here when things have gotten so crazy up and down and these huge, huge uh, gains and then huge drops again and huge gain and huge drop again. They seem to be, like he almost said, he, he was forced into this. I couldn't sit back and do what I was taught to do 20 or 30 years ago. Not if I was going to retire in the next few years and not if my clients were going to retire in the next few years. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, that, that, that's how most of these people came to this is when 2008 hit, they said, hey, twice in the same decade, we've been hit hard here. And if we want our clients to be able to retire in the future, we can't allow them to go through this again. Particularly the near future, right, because we can't just ride it out. Uh, you can't wait 20 more years to recover those losses. 
Yeah, that's right. All right, let's play another one. Hello and welcome back to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net. Again, we're here at the National Association of Active Investment Managers Conference in Newport Beach, uh, the 2015 conference, and I we have the distinct pleasure and privilege of talking with Jonathan Wallentine of Actuella Management Company in Laguna Niguel, California. Jonathan, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio and the Name Conference. Hey, thank you so much, Charlie. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Jonathan, tell tell us um, what do you think of the name conference and uh, what brought you here? I mean, really, what brought me here was an opportunity to talk about um, a new strategy that I've been that I've been developing and working on and trying to bring to market. But more importantly, it's it's really about meeting with other advisors and getting feedback from them about what they're seeing in the industry and what what clients are really looking for from a financial solutions perspective and how they're how they're equipping themselves to meet the needs of clients. Now that's very interesting. You are not an advisor, correct? That is correct. I'm a, I'm an actuary, so I'm a fellow of the Society of Actuaries, and I've spent a, over the last ten years designing financial products for financial advisors. So it's really it's really a pleasure to be able to talk to financial advisors to get their perspective and kind of get out of the office where I'm running a bunch of models on over twenty thousand computers at a time. So you've been involved uh, designing these financial products, uh, typically annuity-type products, I presume, uh, for a large company. That's correct. Yeah, we I've developed private label products for, for Charles Schwab, for Edward Jones, a number of the big broker-dealers. Um, and it's been anywhere from life insurance products um, all the way to annuity products. even and, and what I call certain annuity products are really just put options on retail mutual funds. That's that's where a lot of the, the risk management comes into play, where you're guaranteeing retail clients that over a 10-year period they can invest in the market. And if they're down after a 10-year period, we will reimburse them, which is equivalent to writing a put option or an option that hedges their downside equity market risk. So I've spent a lot of my career managing that risk for insurance companies so they can provide those guarantees to to advise so that advisors can provide them to clients that's one thing that struck me about this charlie is the brain power in the room i mean not the not the number of people who now feel the need to suddenly take an active investment role don't just sit and buy coca-cola and hold it for 30 years but the and not just people that are trying to craft together their own little uh, mathematical models or something here, but there were people like this in the room there too that obviously do this for Charles Schwab and big investment uh, companies and others. Talk about that a bit here. You know, Paul, it was fascinating to be able to talk to a real life actuary who has actually been responsible for designing annuity and life insurance products for big major life insurance companies as well as for these uh, other uh, trading companies. Where else could you meet somebody like that? They, you, you can't. Yeah. Not only that, but he's independent now. So when he and I had a conversation, not especially on air, but off air, <laughs> he was very forthright, very open about the kinds of products that he had been designing for these big companies and the distribution systems and the costs involved, etc. It was a very, very interesting conversation. And I can tell you, 30 years in the business, I have not had one of those uh, that level of honest conversation with an actuary before. Yeah, I, I, I sense that. All right, let's go one more here. 
Welcome back to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net. I'm Charlie Wright, and again, we are at the NAME Conference, National Association of Active Investment Managers here in Newport Beach in May of 2015, and I have the distinct pleasure and honor of talking with Larry McMillan of McMillan Analysis Corporation out of Randolph, New Jersey. Larry, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio and the NAME Conference. Thanks a lot, Charlie. So, Larry, first of all, tell us you've been coming to these name conferences uh, for many years. Uh, what keeps you coming back? Well, there's really two things. I mean, one's the camaraderie. I know a lot of these guys now, so it's good to get together to see them. But this is a great place to exchange ideas on uh, money management, on uh, marketing your your RIA or CTA. We're, we're registered as both. And, you know, you get, you come across a lot of good ideas here, you know, things you wouldn't just pick up at a normal investment conference. Yeah, and that seems to be the attitude of everybody who was here. They're very, very pleased to be here, and uh, they say that the camaraderie and the, the social interaction uh, meant a lot, and plus, they learn a lot from everybody. So tell us, Larry, you are well known in the industry for uh, using options. Uh, you've been doing that for decades, I know. I've seen you give presentations. Uh, why do you believe so much in option strategies? Well, the strategy that we use in our managed accounts, we call it volatility capture. We're basically selling options, and then we hedge ourselves a little bit to cover the risk. But essentially, if we're selling an option, it's a wasting asset, and we're going to make money in all kinds of markets, whether they go up or down or sideways. And uh, as long as we can manage the risk, you've basically got things working in your favor every day. It's a little bit like a, you know a, a bank earning interest on deposits or something. <laughs> okay, and uh, yeah, so those of us who understand options certainly understand that selling options uh, does that. Do you sell options on indices and on markets through ETFs, or do you sell options on individual stocks? How do you do that? We're mostly in uh, the S&P 500, either through the Spider ETF or in our futures accounts through the E-mini futures options, which is also S&P. Okay. And uh, tell us, uh, are you active in the uh, weekly March uh, uh, options marketplace these days? It's fairly new in the industry. Right. Yeah, we sell those options uh, pretty much every week and roll them over. And then we've shortened the time horizon on a lot of our other strategies. So instead of being out like a month, now we'll be out just two weeks or three weeks, something like that. So we're using a lot of the near-term exploration. That's one of the things that struck me, too, is how cutting-edge a lot of this stuff is. There's something, again, I we talked earlier about the guy using lumber as a... As a um, as a way to uh, foretell the future here, uh, lumber commodity prices. Here's a guy that was very well known. We did a show with him about options. Talk about that. Yeah, Larry McMillan is really the face of options investing in the country. And uh, you go to any uh, any conference and his name comes up. The, the, the book that he's written is basically the Bible of options trading. And uh, very open about his uh, volatility capture uh, strategy. And uh, it's when we asked him at one point, uh, what's the best market condition for that strategy? He said a flat to a slightly declining market. <laughs> so no, nobody, nobody buy and hold is going to be uh, profitable in that kind of a market. So yeah. Like he says, he, he, it's a wasting, uh, 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 a wasting asset that he's going to make money on because he's selling options, and uh, he can make. He can be profitable in any market condition. Does he sell mostly uh, puts or the other one here? No, he sells puts. That's he what I thought, yeah. yeah. Okay, here's one more. 
Hello and welcome back so to, to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net. I'm Charlie Wright, and we are at the 2015 National Active Investment Managers Conference, the name conference here in uh, Newport Beach, and I'm standing here with Dudley Lamer of Eagle Mountain Advisors in Houston, Texas. Dudley, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Thank you very much. Excuse me. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. Dudley, uh, first of all, uh, tell us why do you keep coming to these uh, name conferences? Well, our, we are investment advisors, and this is a group of exactly that. These are people that are looking at actively managing accounts and share ideas with people and meet our peers, and it's a good opportunity to really stay up on new topics. Okay, well, we appreciate that, and I find that uh, everybody asks that question, too. They speak very positively in these name conferences, and uh, they're very pleased they're here. So you are to be congratulated because you are one of the finalists for the Shark Tank presentation, which is a presentation on new actively managed strategies to be presented on Wednesday here at the conference. So tell us a little about your strategy Okay, without, you know, we, we don't need to know what the secret sauce is or anything, but what basically does your uh, strategy consist of? Sure. Um, Eagle Mountain Advisors has developed a statistically predictive model that makes a call on the daily movements of the S&P 500. Is tomorrow going to be up or down? So we trade based on the statistical analysis. It is a way of looking at the movements in the market similar to technical analysis, but very different in this sense. Technical analysis tends to look at longer-term trends, where our uh, model looks at just daily movements, up or down. But it does, in a similar fashion, measure investor sentiment. Are investors confident or are they uncertain? And that drives the up and down swings in the market. We take advantage of that and invest our clients through managed accounts. So there's something I never heard of, Charlie. Come on, talk about that one. Well, first of all, Paul, you haven't heard of it because it really hasn't existed before. <laughs> yeah. Okay, they had they invest through Rydex funds, so there are no costs to the investor, and they can be long or neutral or going to cash or short. And so, you know, they, they are accurate. They say more than. Uh, more than 60% of the time. Amazing. And that's a tremendous advantage for any uh, active trader that way. So is this and, sort of a trend uh, following? Or are they sort of, are they sort of, they're, they're not going to guess where it's going to be in three months, but they're going to tell you where it's going to be tomorrow based on a trend line of some sort. It's up or down, I'm guessing. Every day is different. Every day is different. And they're recommended that they are seeing where is it going tomorrow based upon basically patterns. Patterns that they're recognizing, patterns that have happened before. And let's face it, we've got data going back decades on on, uh, the S&P 500, and and that's what they invest in, either long or neutral or short. Why have we been so resistant to do this kind of big data analysis before? They do it over long periods of time, as somebody talked about earlier, this idea that the market is up over a 100-year period of time. But who's got a 100 years to uh, timeline here? Well, there, there are lots of, uh, lots of guesswork as to why these have not become more popular. First of all, they are much more popular than they have been in the past. Right. Uh, even the past few years, so every year. But there's still uh, probably a minority position among RIAs out there. Oh, no question about it. A uh, very minority position. So but I'm, also, that these take a lot of time and energy to understand, to evaluate. 
Uh, that means we have to educate the client significantly to get them to go into it. There's a significant amount of stress and risk on the advisor's part to recommend these things because if they don't go well, well, they recommended something that was very different. You've only got so much capital with the client here that, uh, that they're willing to live with you on. So there are lots of reasons. And really one of the primary reasons is when an advisor says, let's buy and hold, then you can go out and play golf together. You can do marketing. You can talk to more people and the like things that build the advisor's business. We, we had, I don't know if I have one of these uh, queued up for that, but I thought that was interesting. We talked to an expert, uh, somebody, uh, I think it's the current president association. And, and we were kind of saying offline, well, is this just, you know, laziness on the RIA's uh, thing? Or they just, you know, don't want to put the time and effort into it. And he said, well, look at it this way. These are people that have been trained to follow a certain model. It's worked for them for 20, 30, 40 years or more here. And now the market is very choppy, up and down, in and out. And that strategy doesn't seem to have uh, the same success level. Maybe over 100 years it will, but there's certainly these huge drops. And suddenly clients that are in their 60s or 70s or 80s say, I can't afford this. I can't do it. So he was saying that it really is just a question of teaching an old dog a new trick here, that you've got to somehow re-educate the whole industry that maybe maybe there is uh maybe you do have to be more um alert to what's happening in the market and, and more nimble well not only alert and nimble but you got to put in a lot of time and energy yeah, to right. understand these to evaluate them you have to remember that advisors are social people we are and so uh, we're talking about using skills that most of us were not taught right right okay here's another one Hello and welcome back to strategic investor radio on OC talkradio.net. We're here at the NAME Conference, National Association of Active Investment Managers in Newport Beach on May 4, 2015. And we're talking here with Ralph Dudera of Spectrum Financial, Inc. of Virginia Beach, Virginia. Ralph, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Well, thank you. It's nice to be here. Always good to be here in Southern California. Yeah, no question about it. So, Ralph, uh, you are a sponsor here, so tell us so uh, what your firm is and what it is you do. Well, Spectrum Financial is a registered investment advisor, and we operate um, two ways. One way as um, a manager of mutual funds. We, we manage three mutual funds, and we also have a fee-based uh, tactical side of our business as well. Okay, and you're a sponsor here. For about how long have you been coming to these conferences and sponsoring a position well, not as a sponsor, but a few years, um, but I've been an attendee for probably the past 25 years, uh, just after this organization began. So I've seen a lot of changes over the years, a lot of transforming from basically trading mutual funds to trading just about everything, but trading them differently. And how would, well, why would you recommend that someone attend the name conference? I think the ideas that are generated here are, are, are quite um, profound. There's people doing business all kinds of different ways, and everybody's got their own little niche, and everybody's got their own little way of, of handling money to control risk, which I think is the primary basis for this organization is controlling risk in a risky financial environment. Now, you, you manage some mutual funds. Now, almost all mutual funds are always fully invested in the market, except for funds required to, to handle redemptions. Uh, but because you're here at name, I presume that your mutual funds are actively managed. 
Yes, our mutual funds are very actively managed. And I say that because not only do we uh, actively manage what we invest in, but how much we invest in. And we may um, use some leverage from time to time to increase our returns. When we have the wind at our back, we, we increase our exposures. And when things are the wind in our face, we, we back off and, and go to a more cash position. And are you involved in individual stock selection, or is it more marketing market uh, direction? No, we do not do individual stock selections. We found that that is a specialty that we need to go to to find the best stock managers, which in one of our mutual funds, that's what we do. We go and we find, and we've allocated 60% of the portfolio to picking the best stocks finding the best stock managers, and then letting them control a portion of our, our holdings. So uh, how are you actively managed then? Your, your, your timing, being in and out of certain markets, is that it? Well, that particular fund is kind of an interesting design where we have about two-thirds of the fund invested with the uh, on a buy-and-hold basis. The, they are not actively managed, but the, the, the total investment of the fund is 150%. So we actively manage the rest of it. And we just have an allocation to about two-thirds of the fund to stock pickers, people who really know how to pick stocks. And that's not our specialty, so we use them to do that, and we actively manage the rest of the portfolio. So again, I let that one run a little long because I thought uh, that was just another example of something I'd never heard of, actively invested mutual funds here. And then some of them are, are some buy-and-hold strategy, and then... With some component of active investment, some are all active investment. Let's talk about that a little bit here. Yeah, no question about it, Paul. There, there, that was a family of mutual funds that is actively invested. There are other families of mutual funds that are actively invested, and there are individual mutual funds that are actively invested. Now, that did not exist really in 2008. I never knew it existed even today. I thought they were all, they bought something and stuck, or they bought uh, a certain type of uh, category of product, and that's why you went in, because they were highly speculative, or they were conservative, or their utilities, or they were foreign stocks, or whatever. Yeah, and again, they are mandated to be fully invested at all times. And so on 99-plus percent of all mutual funds, that's what they do. They're buy and hold. But now there are mutual funds, and there are family of mutual funds, as she showed, that are actively managed. All right, here's another one. Hello and welcome back to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net. I'm Charlie Wright. And again, we're at the NAME conference here in Newport Beach on May 4, 2015. And we're standing here with Ken Graves, Capital Research Advisors, LLC. He is the incoming vice president of NAME. Ken, good to have you back to the conference. Well, thanks, Charlie. It's good to, good to be with you here for a little bit today. So, Ken, first of all, tell us, why do you come to these conferences? I've been a member about 16 or 17 years now, and um, there's a lot of networking that goes on here that's that's just incredible. I mean, the folks you get in contact with and you can talk to long after this conference is over is great, but also the, the people that, that we have in place to speak, to teach, uh, either in the main session or in the breakout sessions where you can be a little more specific in terms of what you're learning and, and what that's, that topic's all about. Um, both of those types of formats are great for me. In all fairness, as long as I've been doing this, about 27 years, uh, some of it is a little bit repetitive, but that reminds an old guy like me of some things I've probably forgotten along the way. But there's there's stuff in there, too, that's new. That's It's new because it's new based on new data. 
new research, or somebody just has a very different perspective than our folks tend to, to look at the markets on. So there you got two different uh, aspects of why this conference seems to attract people year after year. One is that it's constantly teaching you stuff here. It isn't just the same old stuff over and over and over again. You're not just looking at a different version of the same thing you've seen before. And two, again, it's hard for me to really understand it not being in your industry, but the importance of those network and connections over a period of time. Talk about that. Yeah, no question about it, Paul. We hear that from uh, from everybody at the conference. And it's a tremendous opportunity for people to get together. And again, remember, they're not, they're not able to gather with people often in the firm that they're with or, uh, gathering at the local RIA gathering places because other investment advisors typically are not buying into actively investment. Exactly. All right. We got a couple left to go here. Let's one of the last ones here. Hello and welcome back to Strategic Investor Radio on OC. TalkRadio.net. I'm Charlie Wright, and today is May 4th, 2015. We are at the NAME National Association of Active Investment Managers Conference here in Newport Beach, California. And we're talking right now with David Walton of Status Trade LLC out of Folsom, California. And uh, David, uh, welcome to the conference. Uh, it's good to be here and talk to you, Charlie. So, David, uh, congratulations. I understand that you won an award last year for a strategy that uh, you, th- that you looked at and uh, had created. So, first of all, tell us what the Wagner Award is all about. Sure. So, NAME does the award called the Wagner Award, which uh, invites research from academia and practitioners to help uh and get the the good name for active investment management out there. Uh, the prize is lucrative. It's a ten thousand dollar prize for the winner, and um, it's really geared towards either strategies, uh, active investment strategies, or related things like uh, evaluation of strategies, uh, position sizing, uh, something that could help uh, an active investment manager. Okay, and so tell us about your particular award and uh, what it is you did that to achieve the award. Sure. So um, I won the award last year, 2014, and uh, my paper was really a um, active management strategy evaluation mechanism. So what it, what I provided in that paper was a tool to help active investment managers understand statistically um, what they might expect um, going forward for the strategies rather than just looking at a, a simple, you know, point in time looking backwards uh, provide more of a range of possibilities. And so this is a tool to be used by advisors in evaluating their active investment management strategies? Yeah, exactly. It's for the strategies. Uh, it can be used by anyone that employs a, uh, a strategy. Uh, investment advisors, you know, funds, individual investors that choose to do that. Um, it's really anyone that's using an active, actively managed strategy. I see. And, and, and so you have launched that since then, I presume, as a tool uh, available to managers, investors, uh, mutual funds, etc. Yeah, that's correct. So the, the business that we are in is effectively to provide that to um, RIAs, institutions, funds to, to help them employ that methodology. Well, congratulations because, uh, first of all, most investors and many investment advisors don't even know about active investment management. And here you guys come up with this tool for being able to 
to uh, to measure the effectiveness of that. How has it worked in the past couple of years? Uh, it's really agnostic to the market environment. Um, it's like I said, it's a, a statistical way of evaluating a strategy. So it doesn't matter, you know, whether we're in the depths of the bear market in two thousand eight or here uh, in a nice long bull market. Uh, strategies are uh, performing and how they perform, and um, you know, going forward, that performance will probably be different. And that's the that's really what uh, the model I presented in the paper shows is how uh, performance may vary within a range. And that really kind of, I'm going to leave it with that one, Charlie. I had some more pulled out, but I think that one nicely sums up everything that we're talking about here. First of all, let's talk about this award. We've had two or three people mention this. He did a real nice job explaining the Wagner Award. How many people enter this thing and what kind of strategies are involved in it? Well, first of all, I don't know how many enter it, but with a $10,000 award, it gives an incentive for people to do that. And of those uh, Wagner Award awardees that I have talked to, uh, these are not, they are not simple strategies that they come up with. They are complex and they are very well done. And in addition to that, Paul, uh, for the past uh, year or two, they've come up with what's called the shock tank. Yeah. And obviously from the uh, television movie, the television show, but what they do is people come up with recommended strategies and present them to the, uh, to the shark tank committee. And then the shark tank committee selects six finalists. And then those finalists present their particular strategy at the conference. And who are the judges? Who are the sharks for these things, both the award and the shark tank thing? Are they just well, people in the organization? Are they yeah, people yeah, from people outside? Yeah, organization uh, who have, you know, spent many years and were very adept at looking at strategies and uh, who are very... Uh, um, have a lot of acumen in that in that area. So my last question for the show was the one that struck me as I wandered around the halls with you here, and that is, why is this a big secret? Why why isn't this on MSNBC? Why isn't this on the front page of the Wall Street Journal? Why are in a t- in a day and era when we're hungry for uh, more aggressive Content. strategies? Yeah, yeah, we're hungry for substance. And instead, uh, on uh, CNBC and elsewhere, we get guys pontificating and saying the same old kind of uh, same old stuff. stuff. Yeah. And we get people on the radio who uh, talk about financial planning kinds of things that are pure puff and that are not substantive, the kinds of things we're looking for. And I know a name asked that very same question. Well, so, uh, Charlie, if it, our job, Paul, is to tell the story. I think that's it. I think that's the takeaway here is that there's more need for this show than ever before because there's an ever-increasing need for it and there's an ever-increasing community of people who are putting a lot of brain power at very high levels into coming up with adaptive strategies and defensive strategies in this very unusual period of time that we seem to find ourselves in. Well, Paul, first of all, let me congratulate you You, as a novice to investing. <laughs> Total novice. <laughs> over, over the past few months of uh, doing our show, your acumen and knowledge and understanding of investments has just grown to new heights tremendously. And my fear has gone away somewhat. You know, I told you, I'm, I'm, I'm the group you're all trying to get here. I'm the guy that lost a bunch of money in my 401k in those uh, dark days in 2008 and afterwards here, who said to himself, I'm never going to invest in the stock market again. I'm never going to, I'd rather stick it in a mattress and let it sit there. And yeah, I have a stock guy who calls me up every so often and gives me some hot tips. I say, 
say, I'm not interested. He's like, well, you're not earning anything in your money. I said, but I'm not losing anything either. Those days of me being aggressive and willing to take big risks are over. I'm in my 60s now here. And unless you, I wish we could go back to utility stocks and, and uh, what do they call them, uh, you know, granny stocks or whatever here or something. I wish we could go back to those kinds of tried and true strategies that you're in 5%, you know, come hell or high water. But uh, up until these up until i worked in the show i didn't think there were any active ways to do that well paul you are a walking testimony of why name exists and why the name participants and members are so uh, involved in active management because of the they want people to avoid the kinds of problems that you have personally experienced yeah. and millions and millions have experienced and look at the amount of money sitting on the sidelines from ordinary people like me all the way up through major corporations and and, and investment groups so many people are parking so much money on the side because we just don't know when to step in and put the money in and we're afraid to lose it no question about it, and uh, thank you very much for, for joining us and adding your comments here. They've been helpful. Well, I appreciate it. Take us out. We'll wrap this one up. Okay, so we'd like to thank everyone for listening today to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, and glad that you are able to join us at the NAME conference, and we wish you happy and productive investing. You've been listening to The Strategic Investor, your source for compelling investment strategies from some of the most productive asset managers in the industry. For unique investment strategies, visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. Investing is not rocket science. 